Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
I'm a creep. Yeah, folks, that is Christmas right there. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Welcome to your Tuesday episode. Folks, how are you? I didn't do my normal intro yesterday with Sophie, um, so I'm sorry about that. Now this is what you get. You get, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be doing mashups of All I Want for Christmas all week long, folks. That's what you get here. A lot of other podcasts, they're taking the week off because, uh, frankly, a lot of people don't listen (laughs) near the holidays, but not me because I have nothing. I have nothing but this and you. So you will listen. Hi, folks. I hope everybody's doing good. I'm going crazy. As you can tell, I've had like kind of these micro panic attacks where I'm just too much is is happening. And, And as I told you, I moved recently. And I got Ikea furniture and I have a bunch of boxes in my room. There's so, there's just too much happening right now. Just, I can't even maneuver past my bed. Like I have to hop to the other side of the bed to get through this one little passageway to get to the bathroom. It's a mess, folks. Don't know what the hell I'm doing or when it's going to be better. And I have to drive to Arizona to be with my family. We got this Omicrona Bana Ding Dong going all around. It's chaos. It is absolute chaos. But I am so glad that we get to spend the next hour plus with each other. And I hope we can bring you some laughs. Uh, There is a lot of stuff going on. Did you guys see that Real Housewives of New Jersey trailer? I'm going to play it for you here in a bit, and we'll we'll talk about it briefly and a couple couple other news stories that I want to talk about. And then the 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 thing the thing that you're going to love, the thing that I had the best time doing was Ono oh Bravo. You know Chelsea Ono oh Bravo and Donnie Hatfield from uh, Know That. They do a podcast together. Uh, called I Am The Cute One. It's a pop culture podcast, and they have a three-episode new series um, spun off of that where they are watching kind of some classic movies. They had me watch Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan, and you can go over right now and listen to that. It came out this past Sunday, and it's really fun. And I got to tell you, the one we do today, just as fun. We break down the Christmas movie that Kyle Richards did on Peacock, and it's wild, folks. We, we get all into it, but we also talk about Salt Lake, the state of Bravo, all of that stuff. It is, I know this is going to put you in a great mood. I just know it. So let me do my best to get you in a bad mood before we get to the good mood part. I am joking. But can I ask you a couple favors off, off, off the top of my head here? Uh, so Spotify, it's uh, not Apple Music, but it's the other one, Spotify. They just announced today that they are finally doing reviews. Uh, You don't have to write anything. It's just a five-star review process. These things really do help, and uh, it's kind of... uh, I'll be base. I'll be like, it's one of the things that makes me the most proud. It does. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, a lot of these reviews are, you know, sometimes bad, but those are not the ones that make me proud. It's the good ones or the five-star ones. So if you can, if you listen to this on Spotify, hi, guys. Hi, Spotifyers. Can you rate it five stars today? Would you mind? And if you don't like it, I totally get it. But also, you know, try to find your bliss and listen to other podcasts that you do like and not this one. And, you know, now's not the time to hate. Let's do that around February or March. We can even do it mid-January. Who knows? But that's a great favor. And also, if you've never left a review on Apple Podcasts, please do that as well. Uh, God, it always feels so weird asking people to do things. I was on the Facebook group today, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, and uh, this really nice um, uh, listener was talking about their favorite interviews of mine, and uh, I, 
in my warped brain, I misread the Facebook um, thing, and I thought she said, like, uh, like Ryan does the worst interviews or something. Like, that's how sick my mind is, like the gremlin in my mind. And then I was like, oh, no, she said the best. But it immediately scared me. And then, uh, and then some other dude on the thread said, oh, yeah, don't you don't have to. I know she goes to, like, I know your mind likes to go negative, which it totally does. It's very comfortable there. But don't apologize to people for commercials. We know that there's commercials in your podcast. And I never thought about that. So I'm going to do that. I'm never going to I'm never going to mention it again. That's it. Yeah. As you can tell right now, I'm completely mentally healthy. And that's it. All, guys, and at the, at the end of the day, all I really want to do is go see the new Spider-Man movie. But I got to worry about Omicron and Bing Bong. And I'm so busy with all this crap. And I just want to see the superhero movie. That's all. I want to see Spider-Man. I've managed to avoid spoilers, even though I kind of know what happens a little bit with the, you know, a couple of the guest appearances. But other than that, I don't know anything. And you know how hard it is for me to play this dumb about superhero stuff? Like, I like superhero stuff like I like Bravo stuff, you know? I mean, I probably have more Bravo t-shirts than I do superhero t-shirts. My Batman's my main guy. That's my main man, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really want to see Spider-Man, and it just doesn't look like that's going to be happening anytime soon, uh, hopefully. But who knows? Maybe a Christmas miracle will happen. How are you guys? Are you good? Um, I, I sure hope you are. Um, I, I it, it was funny. I was... I like to be honest about my mental health on this. Um, and, and I'm only saying this because uh, I think maybe other people can be like this sometimes. Is that I'll have good days and bad days. And I have way more good days than I have bad days. But I had a really bad day on Saturday. And I had a really bad night on Saturday night. And I like to pretend like everything's great, blah, blah, blah. For most of the time, I really do try. And uh, like I said, a lot of times things are awesome and I'm so lucky and all of that stuff. But Saturday night, I was in such a bad headspace, just bad. And the thing that that's, I guess, cool about getting older or something is that I knew it will be better in the morning is that I just, just try to get to sleep. And it was just one of those nights where it was just so negative and you just don't realize how many good things this life has for you or how tomorrow can be a different day. And I know the holidays can be tough for a lot of us out there. And so for those people, I'm talking to you right now. I get it. Like, I totally get it. Um, there, This is like one of the hardest times of the year for a lot of people. And, you know, and for all of us that have so much and all that stuff, just always look out for those people. Always. And I know that's such a always check in on your friends, the ones that don't say always, you know. But for real, this is the time to reach out to the people that you love, um, to the people that you haven't talked to in a while. And you know, you don't have to be rich or poor. You have to just have some friends that you haven't talked to in a while and just like call them and, or even text them and just say, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, dude? Don't do the dude part, but I don't know that, uh, I was just, I wanted to share that. And I, I take that very seriously. I think I mentioned last week, I'm, I'm going to a psychiatrist on the 29th to see if any of my, um, uh, my SSRIs need to be adjusted. And I have a couple things that I'm trying to, that I'm kind of worried about that I want to keep my eye on. And I just wanted to always say that, um, and be very honest about that because as we get older, I think sometimes that gets neglected or you, you know, 
it's a it's sometimes considered a luxury to take care of your mental health and that's such a weird attitude about it but um I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about this now because I'm starting to feel weird about it. But other than that, I hope uh, I hope this makes sense to you guys. Basically, I'm just saying I love you all. If you need me, I'm here. But also reach out to other people. And if you need help or if you need anything, reach out to people as well. Um, I think this is the time of the year to especially do that and to be as honest as possible. Uh, yeah, but don't be the guy that like don't don't be the person that reaches out and go, yo, I'm the happiest I've ever been, bro. Way happier than you, fool. Don't do that. That's that's that could be weird. That could get nuts. Um, can I talk about something that actually is not helping my mental health either? This bullshit out there of people saying that there's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills news, like we talked about on Monday's episode, and then Monday rolls around and nothing happens. Do you know how detrimental that is to my mental health? I'm sitting here on pins and needles thing and Freddie Mellencamp is coming back to the show and then nothing happens. And you know who you are, the people that put out these damn rumors. I, you, it's it's driving me crazy. I'm sitting here looking over my shoulder thinking like Rinna's gonna like uh, procreate more or like clone herself and that, hey, there's two of me. <laughs> Lisa, hello, Lisa. You're very beautiful. You're very beautiful. <laughs> I was talking to a friend. Why doesn't Lisa Rinna have a wig line? It seems so right there. Like, has she had one and I just don't know? I, I was looking at all the ugly wigs she wears and she's like, this is Veronica. Or she's like, eh, this is Tabitha. This is my Tabitha wig. She always has these names for all of her wigs. It seems like it's right there. Like, we never thought Rena would have, like, a lip kit line because of her jacked up lips. But I would have thought, like, the jacked up wigs, it's right there. Why don't we have a Rena wigs? That, I mean, am I crazy? Don't answer that. But like, am I, it just feels like it's like, yo, I would even buy a Rena wig. If I could get a, if I, give me the Rena, like, you know, give me the large, large, give me the large headed Rena wig, please, sir. Give me the hairy. <laughs> I would totally buy, now it's like, now it's weird. Or like Lisa Rena, um, you know, like Halloween wigs. Like that could also, it doesn't have to be fancy wigs. It could be like fun Halloween wigs. You could dress up like Lisa Rinna. That, and you know what else pisses me off? And bravo, I'm talking to you. By the way, I do know, and also shout out to Real Housewives of Miami. Dude, one of the producers uh, DM'd me and said, thank you for talking about the show. And that was like the coolest thing ever. I flipping geeked out. Oh, man. And if you haven't, I really do dig Miami. Are you guys watching it yet? Like, it is so good. The I think the next two episodes come out on Thursday, which is awesome. Oh, and also the new Matrix movie comes out on Thursday. I'm telling you guys, I'm a geek sometimes. I can't wait to see that new Matrix movie. There's no way it's going to be good, right? But, like, I want it to be good so bad because I love the original movie so much. But the thing that really pisses me off is that somebody from Bravo... Like, why isn't there a line of Real Housewives shirts at Target? Like, they have all other pop culture shirts at Target. You got, like, your McLovin shirts. You got your Dundler Mifflin shirts. You got your Pink Floyd shirts. Why is there—I would kill to buy a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills shirt from Target. 
Just a logo. That's all we need. Or those little pop figurines with the big head and the little tiny body, the little dolls. Why isn't there a a Bravo section of those? This seems like low-hanging fruit that are kind of quality products. And I mean, no offense, because I feel like this is us, like all of us, like they're, and thankfully they don't sue any of us, but they let us all make t-shirts of their intellectual property. And up to this point, I don't think they've sued anybody, but it's like all of this money seems to be left on the table. Does anybody ever wonder about that? Like we can sell pretty much anything. Like I've seen people sell it with like people straight up faces on it, slogans on it, all of it. Like I'm looking at my Christmas tree right now that has literally all housewives ornaments, Dorinda and uh, Bethany mentioned it all with her legs open. I've got a Colty uh, from 90 day fiance. That's a little crossover. I got a Leah McSweeney bitch. I elevate this shit. Um, God, now I really am getting into the Christmas spirit. I got a little Garth Brooks. I guess it's official. <laughs> I want to post slick stuff, cool stuff, but more importantly, I want to post real stuff because that's just who I am. That's uh, Garth Brooks. If you, I used to talk about this all the time on the show. Uh, he did this thing where he first came to Facebook and he made like a minute long video, which is one of the eeriest, funniest, most passionate things I've ever seen. Like Tom Sandoval and Garth Brooks have so much in common, Uh, which by the way, I wrote an article on the dip about Tom Sandoval's live show. If you guys have a subscription to the dip, go check out my article. I was so excited. Uh, It's my second article for the dip and it was, it's a real bucket list thing to be able to write anything. Like it's so cool. Um, but Garth Brooks, I have a Garth Brooks ornament because of this. And I'm people used to send me Garth Brooks stuff the first year of the pod because I we used to do like six hour shows in the first year or the, the because COVID happened. And I would do these super sized pandemic episodes where it'd be six hours all at once. And I would usually like finish them at four or five in the morning before work. And And I remember discovering this Garth Brooks clip and talking about it at three in the morning. And I was just so slap happy that I just lost, I lost my shit. I was just, I thought it was the funniest. I couldn't keep a straight face. I just kept laughing. And it was so, you know, those people like Lisa Renna will just fake laugh the whole time. This was real. I was laughing like a maniac. Like I, and it was genuine. That was like, And that was like, then I was like, that's the goal, Ryan. Try to make yourself laugh as much as possible and don't worry. I mean, and I know that annoys some people, but, um, it, it was just such a great moment for the podcast. And I still, I just started doing TikTok uh, a couple, two weeks ago or something like that. And I put that Garth Brooks clip on there. So if you follow me on TikTok, you'll Garth Brooks Facebook. It is genuinely wild. Um, so check that out there. But uh, so, yeah, there was no Beverly Hills news. So I was all had my panties in a bunch for nothing. So there was news there. There was news, but it was it was kind of weird news and not the news supposedly that was this guy that is up in housewives business. I think his name's Christopher Rogers or something who initially uh, tweeted this. He said this news that I'm about to tell you is not the news that uh, he was talking about. But the news that did come out today is that P.K. Kemsley and Dorit, or Dorit as she is known, 
they have a new TV show that is going to be um, premiering overseas, which is very exciting, right? Uh, We're all very excited about a new PK show, supposedly. But here is where it gets interesting, is that the PK show, and you got to go to his Instagram to see his um, promotional shot for that, where he's really leaning into trying to be sexy PK, uh, or as I call him, sex K, and which is cool, but like, let's not go crazy, you know, like, let's still like he's trying to go into those like sexy shark tank waters, if you will. Uh, and I'm I'm here for a little of that. But let's we just can't go crazy because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I know I'm not Brad Pitt. You know, you're you're not Brad Pitt you know, PK, you're PK. And that's just, that's good enough, you know? So the show, you guys, is called, um, okay, it's called Selling Super Prime. So this is going to be premiering uh, in the new year. And it says, this is the press release, LA property tycoon Paul Kemsley competitively selling Super Prime for Channel 4. London-born magnate PK has teamed up with South Shore and Channel 4 competition format Selling Super Prime. We'll see PK and fellow Super Prime agent Becky Fatemi, ooh, Becky's good, um, owner of premier agency Rockstone, offer eight incredibly ambitious Brits the chance to hit the big time. Selling Super Prime will premiere on Channel 4. And then it says photo credit, Boy George official. <laughs> so this photo, Boy George, like, hey, boy, I know I'll manage you any way I could get you to take a photo of me and Becky. And I don't know where Dorit fits into this, but Dorit is in the American press releases. So I'm guessing she's a part of this show, too. And we had always had that long rumor thing that Mauricio and PK were working on a television project. Uh, project. So I don't know if this is that or not, but we are going to, uh, we're going to see. And I hope, uh, somebody in America picks up this show so we can see this. Now, the obvious, the obvious concern, not even a concern because it doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm excited to see this show, but I guess this is why TV is so funny and magical and it can, it can, paint you as somebody. Now, a lot of people don't know this. I watched every episode of The Apprentice, Donald Trump's Apprentice, when it first aired. I was a huge fan. Like, I never thought he'd be president. I I'll, I swear to God, I never even, like, considered it. But I loved it. I thought it was so funny and fun. And where are you going to see a good mashup of people like Brett Michaels and Arsenio Hall and Clay Aiken and, you know, even some housewives, all the greats in one place doing business? You, you always saw that on The uh, Celebrity Apprentice. So the the great thing, if you read the history of that show, is that Donald Trump was deep, deep in debt when he did The Apprentice. So the whole thing really surged his business because he was able to put himself out there as this really rich, powerful businessman. And it really turned a lot of his businesses around. Now, I feel very comfortable talking about this because this is not about the presidency. This is about him as a, uh, uh, a reality star. And there's actually a great podcast on the making of The Apprentice that I listened to a couple of years back. Um, but it, it, it kind of turned things around for him. Like it really put a face and it really kind of 
propped him up from his like peak celebrity at that point was in the 80s at that point. And this kind of resurged everything for him. Now, when I hear PK is a magnate, according to that, and a, a real estate tycoon, I kind of laugh a little bit because, you know, PK, they don't own their home even in Encino. They don't own it. So I don't know. Like, what? Where? where's the... Where's the tycoon part? Like, you know, isn't like a real estate tycoon own a lot of real estate? Like, I I don't, I'm talking quietly because I don't want him to hear me. But like, I think PK is really smart, but like, he obviously laughs about, and, and then you had that episode this season where he was like, hey, oh, come on, Erica, I lost oh, like a billion dollars for people overseas. <laughs> you don't see me sweat about it. Remember when he was like making jokes at Mauricio and even Harry was there and Harry just was like, I'm going to go back in and hang out with the ladies. Um, so I was looking at this, uh, some information about uh, PK and it's really fascinating. So, PK and Dorit owe more than 1.3 million combined in unpaid taxes. Um, the Sun did an article on them, and PK has two active solo tax liens in the state of California. The first is for 293,222.73 from back in 2015, and a second for 289,423.67 from October 2018. Um they also, as a couple, uh, they were named in a 2018 tax document that states the couple owes the IRS $635,887.23. And, um, you know, Dorit, it also says, has a debt of her own, an individual tax lien for $90,269.46 from March of 2021. So these totals amount to $1,308,803.09. And according to The Sun, all liens remain unpaid. So I am think this show will be great. Honestly, I find PK extremely entertaining. But also, remember, we've got to have a healthy suspicion of anything that we see on TV. And remember, don't ever feel bad of, like, these people have better lives than you or whatever. It's just the reality of that situation is they're probably scared day in, day out of trying to keep all of these balls in the air. And that's where you see 40 years later, you see something like Tom Girardi, it all falls apart. So hopefully this television project does amazing things for PK. And obviously, Dorit, I mean, they're still... Ha oh, all this money and Dorit's where she is, but probably because of Dorit's where she is, PK was able to get in the door on TV overseas. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, I do think it will probably be a very entertaining show. I say that uh, totally not joking at all. So we'll keep you posted on that. And I can't wait for the first preview. Um, this is another Beverly Hills news that I just read. And it's really fucking disgusting. Like, I mean, really, people are gross. I was um, reading, oh no, I was watching this uh, clip on the old TikTok. Guys, I'm, I think I'm getting addicted to TikTok. I know I've said all these years I'd never do it. And now I'm doing it. I'm a big piece of crap. I'm you know, loving it, you know? Um, so Crystal King uh, Minkoff from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, she is once again being trolled online and it's just the worst. Like, so she posted on her Instagram 
and this is like a trigger warning kind of here from a, an account called foodie in her DMS. And it says, I hope you die. You ugly fucking annoying Asian. And, uh, that's wild. You guys, that's wild. I think there's this weird thing with the internet is that people just feel the urge. Uh, first off, that's just a hateful person. No, ever, no matter how you cut it. But I even notice that myself. I talk about that a lot is that it's weird. There's like this thing that takes place online or, or when you talk about um, somebody's work and you're not in front of them, you can feel free to say whatever you want. And in the last couple of years, it seems to really be slanted towards hatred uh, a lot. You know, just some of the most hate filled things that you'll ever read or hear. And you're just like, wow, like it's cool to be opinionated. But also it's weird because it's one of those things where sometimes if you're going to say that hateful of a thing. It's like, say it to my face because, you know, the internet does this weird thing where it puts this kind of block up like this podcast. I want to kind of remove all of the blocks or as Garth Brooks said, remove all the walls between us. Like, I want to do that with this podcast. I know exactly who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you guys. Like, I love that. I know who this audience is and I, 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 I can't wait to talk to you guys every day, but it, it, it's weird because a lot of the time it's like this vast unnamed internet. And, uh, you know, back in the old day, if you had a problem with somebody, you would say it to their face and you might disagree with that person, but at least they said it to your face. And none of this is ever said. It's always hidden behind some account with no picture and just an account made to like spew hatred. And you know that genuinely these people like that. This is their hobby. Like, they like that. They like to create chaos. And I just, I always think about that. And I always try to think about experiences where I've done that, where I've, you know, hidden behind something. Like, here's the deal. I have a lot of strong opinions and my opinions change sometimes, but at the same time, my name is on this show. Like, I can't get out of what I said, good or bad. Like, my name is on this. I put my name on this. Um, I've said what I've said. And uh, like I said, that has been bad sometimes. And sometimes it's been good, you know. But uh, the reason I brought up this story uh, was not to say all that stuff, but was to say, this is what I love. That I, I love that my girl Sutton Strack, we saw where Sutton and Crystal's relationship was at the beginning of Beverly Hills. The first episode of this past season was on Bravo today and I was watching it or it was in the background. And I was seeing just that awkward relationship. And now these two are great friends. In fact, what I love, I was these comments Sutton made under this post. And I will be doing the Sutton voice just because I miss it so much. And it goes, I'll say, I'll say, Crystal, I just texted you. I'm, I'm picking you up. I say, I'll say, Josh will drive. I got to pick up a truck, a shotgun and a bad temper. I say, I'll say, when do I pick you up? So that was one uh, one comment she put under this post. And I'm like, yeah, Sutton, let's get him. Pick me up on the way, please. And then this next one is, who is this motherfucker? I say, I say, show your face to me. And it's just amazing. First off, it's amazing that Sutton says, show your face to me like she's some like Jedi overlord. Like, show your face to me, Lord Vader. Show your face. But who? And then motherfucker, she puts his two words, mother 
uh, you know, space fucker, which I just, I don't know, that's classy to me. Like, who is this motherfucker? I'll say, I'll say, show your face to me, Sutton Shrack. I own two minor league baseball teams. I am on the board, I say, I say, of a young ballet company, I say, I say, but that will not stop me from picking up a truck, I say, I say, a shotgun, I say, I say, and a small army of ninjas to come punch you in the face, you bold, ugly-souled motherfucker, I say, I say. I am Sutton B. Strack. Let it be known. (laughs) Oh, that was so dumb. Okay. Oh, yeah, but basically, like, let's stop hating. And by Mary Cosby, I keep meaning to talk about you. I finally watched Salt Lake from Sunday. What a bad... That episode felt like it was eight hours long. I liked it a lot. But it was just eight hours long and that final picnic scene. And listen, if you were on the fence about Jen Shaw's guilt, I think nobody should be on the fence anymore after watching that scene with the horrible wig. What was that? I feel like she might be hiding money up there. Mike. And by the way, this is the first episode where I was like, oh shit, Coach knows. Coach knew exactly what was going on. Like, Coach knows. Uh, I saw Jen Shaw today confirm that she will be at the Real Housewives of Salt Lake Season 2 reunion. God, I love people that, like, are so comfortable with lying. I love it. I feel weird that we give them a platform, but I kind of love it because it is so interesting to watch human behavior like that. But, man, that wig, I... When I first, I was just watching the wig, like it had some like magnet in it. And I was not even paying attention to what she was saying to coach and her family. And I just was like looking at that wig. And I was like, where has that wig been? Like, is this a downsizing wig? By the way, Jen Shaw, perfect person for my Lisa Rinna wig collection that I want to start. By the way, if Lisa Rinna doesn't start the wig collection, I will be starting the wig collection. And that's how that goes. So there, there. How about that? Um... But, uh, yeah, I got to talk about Mary Cosby. Maybe I'll do that on Wednesday. And you know what? Real Housewives of New Jersey, I'm going to do a full breakdown on Wednesday's episode because I realize I'm 34 minutes in and I need to get to the genius of Ono Bravo and Donnie and get you guys on your way, too, because it's the holidays. You got to be there around your family and friends and loved ones. I hope. And also, by the way, just keep me on in the background, man. I just want to be a part of it. Like, put me on slow, put me on soft, or you know what? Make a playlist of all my podcasts and just have me slowly on the background. So it's like I'm there. Like, that would be dope if I could be at, like, 10 people's households. Um, oh, my God. That's Oh, I wanted to tell you guys this, too. I was thinking about this the other night because my ex's uh, birthday was last week, and we don't really talk much anymore. And it's, like, it's kind of sad, you know? Like, I was kind of sad about it. Not, you know, I'm not sad. I mean, I'm sad about all of it, but... I'm not sad and like the, oh, we, you know, we need to back together. No, not anything like that at all. But like just sad, you know, it was like the holidays and you think about all the memories and all that stuff. And it was her birthday and we didn't really talk anymore. And, and, uh, I, it was her birthday and I, I did wish her a happy birthday and, and it was, you know, she thanked me and it was, it was cordial, but that's all it was, was cordial. And that was, that's fine. But I was trying to then, <clears throat> reframe a lot of those thoughts and say, you know, 
it is sad, but there's like this kind of cool thing. Like we had, there were so many good memories and good memories of holidays. And like, it's really cool that we got to have those, you know? And I was trying to reframe that because I feel like the older you get, you have to try to make the best of a lot of situations that uh, might not have been in your control or that didn't go out the way you thought they would. And it's like really easy to bum out, especially for me. Um, But I was like, yeah, reframe that of like, man, there were so many great things that happened. There were so many great parts of that and so many cool memories that I had. And nobody gets to take those memories away from me or her. And I was thinking about that for you guys too, uh, if that has ever happened. Like, I don't know if you guys reframe things to think of it in a positive way instead of a negative way. Anyways, I don't know why I just thought about that, but it just popped in my head that I wanted to mention something about that. So, okay, that is it. No more bumming out. Let us have the best episode ever. Uh, You guys, I love our next two guests. Like truly, these guys are great. Um, Good-hearted people, funny as hell people. Uh, They... You know, you know, I'm from their work on Instagram. No, but honestly, great meme makers, great uh, Instagrammers. You know, Ono oh Bravo or Chelsea, uh, but Ono oh Bravo has been, I think she started the same time I started, and I've known her for years now, and just always doing some amazing things with her account. So I highly recommend following her, but her and my other buddy, Donnie, who you know from the podcast, know that, and him and Quinn do amazing work over there. And I I mentioned know that on there because they're doing a great recap series of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip that I think is awesome, which don't worry, guys, I still am have a plan for recapping that for you guys um, because I'm interested in that as well. But they have a podcast together, Donnie and Chelsea, called I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast, like I said earlier. And I had the the uh, the privilege of being on it this past Sunday. And please go check that out. Give them some numbers. I, I hope I don't want to ever bomb for somebody. I want to bring, you know, you guys are great people. I want to bring you guys on things that I really dig. But um, they are with us today. And we go over the 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 soon to be Christmas classic, uh, Kyle's Kyle Richards. You know her work from Halloween Kills and um, all of the seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, she is in a new Peacock original movie, The Housewives of the North Pole. And Donnie and Chelsea are the perfect people to review this movie with us. But this goes everywhere. Um, we're gonna do some commercial. I'm gonna leave this in because I don't want to edit my screw up. Um, let's do some commercials and then I'll be able to play the entire interview for you after that. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's rock and roll. I'm telling you, there are so many laughs in this. It is gonna knock you off your coal mining asses. Love you guys. I will talk to you on Wednesday. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red wine white or rosé or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. 
And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. We will be back to the show in just one second. Uh, we have a couple commercials as we do every week. This week, the show is sponsored by two of my favorite, Simply Safe and Papa and Barkley. Now, Simply Safe, uh, you know, guys, I just moved and we are now using Simply Safe as our home security system. Uh, if you ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving so bad it's good listeners early access to all of their holiday deals, uh, so 40% off their award-winning home security. 
We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. It has indoor cameras, outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Uh, now, I have received a Simply Safe security system. It does have the sensors for the windows, for the space inside, as well as the outside, and you're able to see all of that from a phone app. It's really cool. Simply Safe was even named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. Uh, you can easily customize a system for your home online in minutes, and you can even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. Um, these are Simply Safe. It's their biggest discounts of the year, folks. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100, which is nothing when uh, you think of the cost of safety. So there are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. So Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash so bad. So that's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash so bad for 40% off your entire system. So that's amazing. Now, this next one, this is really cool. I have been using this um, uh, for general pain relief for my knee and just general um, aches and pains. And it's actually been kind of amazing because I, uh, before this company, I had never tried CBD. I had always heard about it. And I got to tell you, it actually really works for me. And they have, Papa and Barkley has all these kind of amazing products, whether it be tinctures or drops. Uh, Papa and Barkley understands wanting the absolute best for the people we care about most. So it all started with a son trying to help his father find relief from debilitating pain so we could get his life back. Today, they're still putting the same care into improving lives with award-winning CBD solutions for discomfort, stress, sleep, and everyday wellness. Um, I, like I said, use it for my knee. Uh, there is a, uh, a balm I use on that, and also there are drops that I use before I go to bed every night. Um, Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm to ease his father's debilitating back pain. From that powerful homemade balm, Papa and Barkley has expanded to a full line of topical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules, all made with 100% natural, clean ingredients and whole plant full-spectrum CBD. Today, they're the number one cannabis wellness company in California, and with their new CBD relief line, they can ship nationwide. Their CBD relief balm delivers hours of comfort with simple, plant-based ingredients, in an at-home use test with over 300 participants, users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week of using the balm. The award-winning CBD oil Relief Drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting a good night's sleep. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. So go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash so bad for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A -A and A-N-D, Barkley, B-A-R-K-L-E-Y, C-B-D.com slash so bad. So folks, that's it for this week. And uh, here is the remainder of the show. Guys, happy holidays. Welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Uh, yeah, I'm Ryan. Yeah. So anyways, this is a big show. This is actually a fun show. Like this is 
like when we get towards the end of the year, you want to have people on that you can actually just jam with. And we're like jazz musicians. This is, and I hate to brag, but I, th- I think these are two guests that will probably make you laugh harder than anybody. And I'm just really, I'm, they're going to make you laugh hardest than any other guest this year. And if they don't, <laughs> you can leave them a bad review, <laughs> but not on mine, on their new podcast. No. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you know, being fellow Bravo meme makers, also fellow Bravo podcasters, I cannot recommend this new podcast that they have uh, enough. First season of I Am The Cute One was amazing. You guys know it. It's produced by The Dip, but they are back for a second season and it's uh, a nostalgia podcast. It is three parts and listen to this description. Love the early aughts, but can't find yourself caring about Olsen parties or mysteries. Their first season was about the Olsons. Have we got some good news for you? In a three-part miniseries, Chelsea and Donnie are highlighting some of their favorite films from their most formative years. Uh, Lilo, Hilary Duff, Amanda Bynes. The gang's all here as Donnie and Chelsea discuss Freaky Friday, a Cinderella story, and she's the man with some of the funniest pop culture podcasters and content creators they know. Uh, spoiler alert, I am one of them. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> let, let's get... So they're already way off base, but let's get into it right now. So here's Chelsea Ono Bravo and Donnie, you know him from uh, Know That. Uh, there's a billion podcasts and things that they're involved in, but guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for that introduction. I will slip you your 20 bucks when we stop recording. That was <laughs> I, wonderful. By the way, I felt like that could have taken up the whole hour, really, just the description. Um, I'm going to tell you to stop. <laughs> yeah, please don't. All day, Ryan, edit all that out. Edit all that out. Yeah, what if you just hear Chelsea and Donnie? Um, <laughs> so we we record. And by the way, you guys, today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But one of the main things we're going to talk about is Kyle Richards. Turns out she has a second career as an actor. I don't know if you saw her in <laughs> Halloween Kills, but she also. He's like the Daniel Day-Lewis of actors where she can do drama and comedy. We'll be talking about The Housewives of the North Pole, which is Peacock's new holiday film. And we'll get into that in a second. But I need to talk more about you guys first is that how did the and I I really don't know myself. How did you guys come together to do know that or not know that to do the first season even of I Am the Cute One? So Chelsea on her Patreon, she does Bravo recaps, but then she also talks about whatever she wants. So I went on for one episode to talk about just a one-off Mary-Kate and Ashley uh, episode and the people loved it. So we had to continue to give them what they wanted. And then it turns (laughs) out people don't want that anymore. (laughs) People are like, yo, yo, you took it. We liked it. We didn't say we loved it. (laughs) Yeah, but excess is kind of our brand. Like Dorit, we don't believe believe in moderation of any kind so we're like yes. oh you liked one single 22 minutes of mary kate nashley well here are 20 episodes <laughs> well your episodes are good because you like you keep them at like a digestible length where i'm in like i like i've always said i'm more quantity over quality and you guys seem to have like a quality over quantity vibe which i don't understand personally but that's a bit i mean so you guys you guys vibe together and you like working together so much. And the first season was so successful. The dip asked you to come back for a second season, correct? Yeah. So we actually had two seasons of Mary Kate Nashley content. We had like an initial run, a two season contract where we did the first season, we did their mystery series, the Olsen twins mystery series. The second season we did their, their you're invited stuff. series. Yeah, oh, you're, yeah, you're the, invited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the then, ero- you know, the erotic <laughs> thrillers of the Olsons. Yeah. <laughs> 
But then um, the dip was super generous. So like our contract is over, but we pitched them this idea of us covering movies from the early aughts. So we have like a three part series just to see if people were interested. And so, so far, so good. And our episode is going to be out this Sunday with you, Ryan. And oh my goodness, I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long <laughs> like, time. It oh gets my goodness, it creepy. didn't work out. It really didn't work out. <laughs> no, Actually, but- I brought you here today to tell you that, sorry, we're scrapping it. We're going to call in somebody else. <laughs> There's just awkward. I would I would totally get that. There's just awkward silence from here on out. Uh, Donnie, throw, I'm going to throw this one to you, Donnie, again. You liked me, right? Um, <laughs> uh, so you guys obviously hit it off, but why do, like what I found out talking to you guys last week and, and especially uh, Chelsea was that Chelsea doesn't have has not seen a lot of movies that I think we would find like I, I gotta admit I'd never seen Freaky Friday before you I mean I'm a little bit probably older and I shouldn't be watching those type of movies at that when it came <laughs> out but like there's no excuse for you Chelsea you are such a fan of pop culture that so what I mean was it a commune situation where were you right was there an Amish thing going on I just I need to know I was not Amish, but I did have debilitating ADHD. So I like could not sit through a movie. And then I also, as Donnie knows, I was the sporty twin. So I was like playing sports on the weekends and I just was like very active, could not sit still. And what sports were you like wrestling? (laughs) Um, Mostly football, rugby and wrestling. Yeah, no, I, I played like everything. I really was a sporty twin, but then it was like I had kind of missed my window. And then there was a period of time where I did like fake it till I make it. Like I know a lot of the references, but then when Donnie and I became friends, I slowly let my guard down and now he just fully terrorizes me. Like I will open my phone to just like a series of movie titles. And I'm like, I mean, you know the answer, Donnie. Add them to the list. So he has like a running Google Doc See, of that's movies. A, this is my complaint with you guys is that why is this a three-part podcast? I mean, I feel like, I feel like the next one should just be shit you haven't seen. And then it's just like you guys keep going with all of because it's it seems to be endless of the movies you haven't mm-hmm. seen. Yourself, Ben. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dip, if you're listening, we'd love to do yeah, more. Hey, come <laughs> on over there, you guys. Like, seriously. Um, I mean, by the way, why? I mean, why? I mean, I feel like they would take that in a second. Why haven't they already or is it already in the works? Well, you kind of have to stay tuned. Hey, let me, let me write an like, email to them. Yeah, just please, everybody, you know, sign a petition. No, the thing is their network has like blown up and they have such wildly successful podcasts. They've got Hot Off the Mess over there, Slut Pig Podcast, Exposed Dragged Out. And so they have just like, from the time that we pitched them Mary-Kate and Ashley to now, their numbers are just exploding. So, I mean, it it's totally in the realm of possibilities and we're really like crossing our fingers. That's kind of like our long-term vision is if we could potentially just like tackle this literal like hundred episode Google doc that Donnie has at this point, but we kind of just have to fit in with our cooler older siblings over there at the dip. Yeah. So when you're um, sending the email to the dip, (laughs) if you want to use your time on the computer to also send Chelsea a list of movies that she probably hasn't seen, (laughs) feel free to terrorize her. Well, Donnie, (laughs) I, I mean, speaking of Chelsea though, Donnie, you're the exact opposite. There was one movie that you said you saw like 50 times at the age of like 17 that like shocked me. What movie was that? 
Um, I saw High School Musical 3 13 times in theaters. <laughs> I saw Mean Girls eight times in theaters. Wait, wait. Mean Girls is totally, to me, acceptable. That's a legendary movie. And High School Musical 2, but you saw it 13 times in the theater. By the time you're in like the 10th, like, are friends worrying about you? Like, Well, happened? yeah, especially because I made t-shirts. Like I made a snatching <laughs> t-shirt. Really, I had, there was no such thing as budget back then. <laughs> but like- in my defense, I was only going to see it 12 times and then they re-released it as a sing-along. It's like, Jesus oh, Christ, now to. I have yeah. they were Lucky almost daring, They were almost daring you to get kicked out of that theater. Wow. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, wait, Chelsea, and I want this from you as well, Donnie. What was your favorite teen movie? I know Chelsea probably was very limited in choices, but uh, what, are, what were your favorite teen movies at the time? I think Mean Girls is up there for me. That was one. Anything that's like SNL adjacent, anything that has like former SNL people, because that is something that like I watched SNL growing up with my dad. So anything that has an SNL person, there's like a chance, there's more of a chance I have seen it because that was like on my radar and I was willing to like sit on the couch for it. So Did that's you see the ladies one. man starring to Meadows. <laughs> I oh, have I've not. Seen that. No, no, <laughs> I, I have my, not. My Cavassier. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Donnie, what about you? Bring It On was another one I saw numerous times in the theaters, mm-hmm. but then Mean Girls is a big one as well. And I, I loved, um, also, I loved The Hot Chick. And I have to say, I recently watched it again. And Wait, it's is that the shockingly, David Spade one? It's um, Adam Sandler? No, Rob. Rob Schneider. Schneider. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I have to say, like, you you would think that that's of all the movies from the early aughts would not hold up just based on the premise. But it like weirdly does like you you watch it back and you're like, OK, like it's, it's still fine. Um, <laughs> it's a good hungover movie. We, we talk a lot about like these pop culture, whether it be Bravo or these movies or, you know, the show, like even the Mary Kate Nashley stuff. There mm-hmm. seems to be like this warm space in our heart that this stuff occupies can you speak to that a little bit about like, I mean, I picture a young Donnie in there for the 12th time and smiling up at a screen. And I know there's humor in that, but there's also some sort of kind of weird beauty because I feel like that's where all of us misfits have now found podcasting and things like that. But what is it to you guys that makes this stuff so beloved and such a part of your DNA? Well, I have to say first, it becomes less beautiful when you realize he was seeing High School Musical 2 as like a 20-year-old, but... No, that's all right. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to. I was, by the way, this is all said. This is all going to the FBI. Oh, afterwards. Donnie so just left. Like, he just ended Donnie, our podcast. Yeah. Uh, why would you wear short shorts? That's uh, the <laughs> other question, I guess. <laughs> no, but that was a really nice question, right? So go ahead. Donnie. And you ruined it. Yeah, yeah no. thanks. And that's that's what she does best. Terrorize. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, and I think it is across the board. I don't think it's specifically me because it's so strange too that like this was before the internet really like it it was there a little bit for me to pretend I was a 16 year old girl from California but for the most part it wasn't being used the way it is now so when I meet people that are the same age and they're like from wherever Wisconsin Ohio whatever they share all these same like big pop culture memories that I do so I think we were like bonding in a way that we didn't even know we were like pre-bonding and and I don't know why, like specifically certain movies stuck out to me because I had no <laughs> athleticism in my bones. So why Bring It On was my movie of choice? I couldn't tell you. But there was something about that movie that stuck with me. And 
because of that, I think like now I'm watching a movie I love, but also to go back and rewatch it, I'm reliving that time in my life as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I I love the thought that you were stressed out for the big meat, Donnie, always. And you never had a big meat. It was always the big meat in movies. Like, Oh, that track, that track thing this weekend's going to be insane. Yeah. And I think too, like specifically with millennials and like this pocket of this generation, like it's so funny, like I really think they need to start making generations smaller, like from less time period, because us specifically, like as millennials or even like the tail end of um, Gen X, like we are the only generation that remembers life before and after the internet. And I think there is also like that moment of like the TV shows like TGIF on um ABC, like all of those shows were so important because there was no internet. And I like, remember like my parents would do the pullout couch and we'd have like popcorn and we would sit there and watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it's like, it takes you back to that time. And it's really nice to have just like a little like reset of like, because everything right now is so heavy and we're going through a global pandemic and there's so much in the world and so much hurt and pain it's nice to be able to turn off your brain and just kind of feel like warm and fuzzy for just like a 30 minute period before you go back to reality. Yeah. And to bring the internet back into it really quick, I think because we were pre-internet more or less, I think that these movies and TV shows and all of that had to be bigger and more important because you couldn't just whip something out like there wasn't streaming services right away so now tv shows and movies don't need to be good because kids are on tiktok anyway and like they'll have something new in 30 seconds whereas for us they had to put time and energy into tgif and high school musical three well it is funny it's like you know we always made fun of that whole like you know used up bit of like I used to walk three miles in the snow to get to school. Yeah. And now technology is our three miles in the I snow. I used to have dial-up internet. Yeah. I used to go to the library to get CDs. Those are compact discs, you know? Like, I find it fascinating that each generation has this thing of, I, yeah. I was always thinking about, like, I was so into music, but it was only the music that, like, my parents, I had access through my parents right. or my friends. And then, like, the library had some music. But now it's like, what would I have done if I had had Spotify when I was yeah. a kid? It seemed how do kids even manage pop culture like i mean we have some kind of language and it's still going over i was listening to a new artist named arca today and it was like i was like i think this might be a little past my you know pay grade (laughs) or like this is for the kids but it's weird with pop culture is that do we will we have the sort of pop culture icons like the olsons or the bring it ons or the you know all of these films will we have that in the future because so many things are that now does that make sense i think it's gonna be those like tiktok stars or those like viral moments it's just gonna you know everything kind of cycles through but i think there will be those big moments but it's just gonna be different and that's the fun thing about like having social media is like this next generation is so connected and there's so many ideas and there's so much like sharing of information and content that it's going to be big. It's just going to be different. And that's going to be really cool to watch too. But in the meantime, there's us, you guys, you guys listening at home, (laughs) you guys listening to Donnie and Chelsea's podcast because they are highlighting films 
that are really precious. By the way, I had never seen Freaky Friday, but I'm not an idiot. And I've seen, I've heard it mentioned. I mean, I am, but I'm not, not in the way, but I've heard it mentioned so many times. And I know how, how, how close to people's heart Lindsay Lohan is. And uh, I mean, Cinderella, man, I don't know if that's Cinderella story. Sorry. (laughs) Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a good curveball? Is the last one is Russell Crowe's a Cinderella man where he plays a boxer in the 1940s. That's when I let Chelsea pick the movie at the end of every every season. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have to give the disclaimer though. Like Donnie and my love language is talking shit. So like, as you tune in, we got our first, um, bad review the other day that was somebody that was very passionate about a Cinderella story and they felt like we were just shitting on it which we were but like if I'm not making fun of something you should be concerned because it means I don't care about it like I love to make fun of things and be snarky and that's like how I express my love for it yeah makes sense but also that's (laughs) the thing is that like how do you you know, it's like everybody has their opinion and you, I mean, like for the most part, when it comes to art and all of this, and I will call these movies art is that everybody can have their loves and their dislikes. I find it just as fun disliking something as I do liking something. And when I even dislike something, that means it's in that realm of art for me. Like if I'm, well, and by the way, that's kind of a perfect entrance point to the Kyle Richards Citizen Kane movie, The Housewives of the North Pole, (laughs) which is on Peacock, which by the way, this lifetime must be livid that The Housewives of the North Pole is over on Peacock because it is a lifetime movie through and through. Am I correct? It is 18 different Lifetime movies, I think. Mm -hmm. I will. Okay, so you do this amazing thing at the beginning of your show is that uh, you gave me 60 seconds to describe the plot of this. And I would like to throw that back to you guys. And I would love to see the interaction with both of you. Um, uh, You you feel free to speak all over each other, but um, I just want to give you a a timer and uh, think about and and uh yeah we know Kyle's voice is all ah what is that thing she got? Ah! it's like a ha ah! uh, it's like a throaty yeah, yeah. sorry I'm, I'm using my meditation timer to time you oh, guys I love that. <laughs> it's taken a while to start up because I haven't everyone meditated take a in deep a cleansing breath in as we review this I know god podcast. meditation uh, okay here we go okay minute are you guys ready ready yeah go so they're in the North Pole, not the real North Pole, <laughs> not but like the real one. <laughs> North Pole, Utah or something. There are two best friends and they always win a house decorating contest. Kyle Richards plays herself and she is a monster. <laughs> She's always cheating at things. She's always trying to get ahead by cutting corners. She is literally Doogie Richards playing herself. so when a reporter comes from like lifestyle online or something she is supposed to write a piece about how wonderful these pair of best friends are but she arrives just as things are starting to get tense and then they have this terrible falling out the girl scout troop is terrorizing them they are like totally running shit in this town there is some sort of like underground mafia scheme that troop nine is in charge of they have all these like fights there's eggnog being thrown and they are going to battle for the golden moose the golden reindeer okay, minute, the golden something it's a minute. you didn't get to kyle richard's death you did not get to that uh, <laughs> Uh, that was that was really good. So the characters' names, you guys at home who are taking notes, Diana and Trish, and mm. it's North Pole, Vermont. And mm. 
Yeah, it, it all, you know, the thing, this is why it reminds me of a Lifetime movie is that it's like, it's all the pieces are there, but there's not enough time to really make any of them good. Like, you know, it's like, it's all yes. general. And I will say Betsy Brandt, who plays the other friend is amazing. Like it's almost too good. And Kyle, yeah. Kyle is perfect for a movie like this. She's, like amazing. She was great. And I hate to give Kyle a compliment, but I really enjoyed it. And I love cheesy Christmas movies. My husband and I, so my grandma watches Hallmark Christmas movies from literally Halloween to New Year's. And so, and she stays with my parents over the holidays. So it's Hallmark is always on. And when my husband and I started dating, we would like sit down and watch it with her kind of like begrudgingly. But there is this thing that happens with these like cheesy Christmas movies is like you start out by making fun of it. And then by the end, you secretly have the Christmas spirit like creep into your heart. And that's why I was like, this movie is actually fits that fits that for me because I was by the end like yes the reindeer man don't know anything about you but glad you're here wearing that jeans mu- that must have been the most expensive reindeer most expensive shot of the whole there's a bunch of reindeer that comes like walking <laughs> on the street at the end you guys and it's like oh wow this budget for this is like avatar all of a sudden <laughs> Johnny what did you think so Hallmark movies are just like truly just ripped out of a Hallmark card. Like they are cheesy. They are pointless. They are just, just, just cheese. Where, um, no, I'm sorry. That's Lifetime. Hallmark gets a little (laughs) bit, Hallmark movies get a little bit sadder and they always kill somebody in a movie. Mm, Like it's like, it's like, we haven't celebrated Christmas since mom died. And then they were like, when was that? And they were like, two weeks ago. Like, it's, it's always really sad. Where Netflix and now Peacock, their movies have a little more snark and a little more bite. So uh-huh. they're my favorite of the bunch. They're the closest to like real movies that exist. They're still far from it. But like, if there were to be one that snuck its way into a theater for two weeks, it would be a Peacock or a Netflix movie. So I did like that a lot. Now, what I found odd was and I touched on this during the like uh, synopsis the one minute synopsis this had 18 different plots I feel like I don't know Uh what they wanted it to be about (laughs) and the thing is once you once you get given so many plots you start to care less about all of them at once (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you're like at first like I was part of me it's like um like seeing a kid and your kid in a talent show where I was like Kyle is remembering all of her lines. Like she's not, she didn't call for a line. What? Like I was so proud that she was just saying the lines. Unlike then, Lisa Barlow, by the way. Well, yeah, by the way, there's this amazing scene that like tries to sucker all of us Bravo fans into it is that Karen Huger, Sonia Morgan, um, and Lisa Barlow and our friend Hannah Brown actually is in this as well is yeah. the, the girl right after it which is just stunt casting to the stream. But Lisa Barlow gives it this extra, like, bigger, like, I hope it's Trish, bigger kabish. But she's (laughs) supposed to say, I hope it's Trish. And I'm like, did they do this in one take? Because she goes, I hope it's Trish, bigger commish. And I'm like, did, were they like, all right, Lisa Barlow's got one take and then she's back to shill and Vita tequila. Like, like, we couldn't have, like, tried that one again. Well, I mean, first off, what a way to come out against Lisa Barlow. By the way, pull this quote. <laughs> oh, no, Bravo comes out against Lisa Barlow. No, um, no, 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 no. We, we've got it. This is, we got our full quote. But um, <laughs> no, it, it was one of those things where it was so Lisa, like, 
I expect that. Like, I like that more, like almost because it gave me the real, like Karen yeah. and Sonia kind of knocked it out of the park. I think. Oh, like, yeah. Karen, uh-huh. especially, I thought was weirdly good. Sonia, I mean, they really did good, but like, more importantly, my thought was why no other Beverly Hills ladies? Why didn't mm. they fill that scene? And like, was Kyle almost saying like, this is my thing. You please go to the other. Or was that a, we want a gamut of everyone? I don't know because I read an interview. It might've been the dip. We'll say it was just to bring traffic to yes. the dip. But um, Kyle did an interview where she said that the producers asked her what housewives she should have do those cameos. So it is Ooh. odd that, yeah, no other... Beverly Hills ladies made it. Lisa well, Chelsea, Renna you said Lisa is yeah, like, at home shitting in her depends. <laughs> Bigger career, she don't be great. It would be great if Harry Hamlin was uh, was Kyle's husband. And oh yeah, instead oh. of. By the way, isn't that the great theater actor? Um, uh, what's that guy's name that played uh, Kyle's husband? Victor Garber. No, 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 it wasn't no, no. Him. It was, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, wasn't it Raul? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I'll, sorry, sorry. I'll fight. Vamp. Vamp, it could you guys. Be, it could be. I know Cardo, him from Carlos Ponce. Carlos Ponce. <laughs> oh, no, is that Car- who that was? No, I'm sorry. Carlos was in entertainment tonight. Anyways, Carlos Ponce <laughs> was Kyle's husband, and he had like a big business deal outside of town. I will say the angles that they shot his Zoom calls where the phone was like held directly at his crotch I really thought and we only had like 12 minutes left and he was like talking about how important it was to have friends at Christmas so I should have known we weren't going there I thought we were going to get a reveal that somebody was blowing up (laughs) definitely a peacock hallmark special (laughs) Merry Christmas it's a white one it would be like that that's why I should never be in charge of anything because it would be great to do the first 30 minutes of like a typical (laughs) hallmark movie and then just get it so dark of you know of like so like well, of like a romantic thing and then you see the kid across the street whacking it like ah, <laughs> ah, you know it's just like a and you never comment on it for the rest of the film it's just like an odd like why did they show that why did they do that well donnie and i did on his instagram live right when we actually became friends it would be funny to like go back and watch that donnie process. whacked it on an instagram yeah live? he just got up and just oh started wanking. classic no, we we covered a hallmark movie where a woman fucks a ghost like yeah. she wait, wait are you talking the about ghost? the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze? And- <laughs> no, it was a full-on Christmas movie. The Spirit of Christmas. She moves ah. into this old house. <laughs> and yeah, a ghost can come back. He can like come back as a human for one day, Christmas Eve every year. And when he's a human, she fucks him. Wait, imagine if that's just a regular dude and that's like he convinces people <laughs> to have sex that way. He's like, only one night I can have sex. This is a huge thing for you if you agree to it. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm gonna go on Grinder after this. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I'm a, the ghost of Grinder. <laughs> Are you cut? Um, okay, so uh, the other thing is there's like this love story between like Kyle's daughter and Betsy Brandt's son that it's like you know that's the other thing too, is this movie, you can see every plot coming, but that's just typical of any of these kind of movies. You see it telegraphed a mile away. So it never, there's never any real true joy in it. Like, is there anybody at home watching this and going like, Oh my God, I'm so glad they're cooking. Like, I'm so glad they found each other. Like, (laughs) does anybody like on Titanic? I remember I was even like moved by the romance. Was there anybody that's like, Oh, I want that. 
Me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you something happens to me in these Christmas movies where I become you really, like a you nice. I, I mean, I didn't believe it and I knew it was coming, but I still like was like, oh, when they got together, I'm like, oh, they used to hate each other. These two crazy kids. Look at them go. I love Chelsea says, I didn't believe it and I saw it coming, but I was very happy. Like that is- <laughs> <laughs> It was just so crazy to me because they had a Romeo and Juliet plot point and like a parent trap plot line where yeah. they had to try to get their fighting mothers back together. It was also well, I think that there was a lot that was unbelievable about this movie, but the thing that stuck out to me the most was just the like cold calling FaceTime that took place. I'm sorry, if you FaceTime me out of the blue without a warning, like that is grounds for an arrest. I'm calling <laughs> By the, the way, police. I think that's a throwback to Bravo. We are seeing so much FaceTiming in Bravo these days. Even on Orange County this week, like, you know, Shannon, like, hi, Noella, how are you? Would you like to come to my getting my filler removed appointment? Like, <laughs> like it's so much FaceTiming each other, which we didn't deal with that 10 years ago. It's a horrible plot device where it's like, I'd rather just see you guys in person or, yeah. you know, even a telegram. Like, it's just it's weird and it's not necessary, I feel. But uh, Chelsea, you said earlier in the description that Kyle Richards what did you say? Like a conniving? What did you, you said? Uh, she plays herself. She's like conniving. She's always cutting corners to get ahead. She's manipulative. So Ono oh Bravo like, says Kyle Richards <laughs> is conniving and manipulative. No, I, thought I will she was stand playing, by that. Put it in press, Ryan. I thought she was playing <laughs> Erica Jane. I thought I was like, I was like, what if she's, what if she's method like Jeremy Strong in succession? And she's, she's yeah. like, she's like, I, what if she did like, What's going on, everybody? It's me. <laughs> what if she did an Erica Jane voice? Actually, she was kind of doing a Whitney Rose impression. We we learned this week on Salt Lake City, Whitney Rose's whole financial situation. And Kyle, in this movie, her character is like literally going to put them into bankruptcy court yeah. because of Christmas. I'm like, this is not the holiday spirit. You are going to be broke. I mean, that in America, that is kind of the holiday spirit. It's like yeah. just bankrupting yourself. Put it on a credit yeah, card. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it, but, well, you just made me think of Salt Lake. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, so Kyle, but what is that voice tick she had? I mean, it's just that raspy up, upper, like, Donna, you you see so much theater. What is the, it's like, ah, ah, ah. It's like a. It's I don't know that there's a theater rasp. term for that. <laughs> In the I'm trying to be we nice. call that what you, you call that the Olivier? What do you call that? Like, I don't, it, it's, but I, but when you compare it to Betsy Brandt, like, you know, they both work well out of each other, but you can tell mm-hmm. Betsy has like a, like Betsy has like a process. Like you can put Betsy in Breaking Bad and she fits there. Like, I'm now curious I want to see Kyle in Breaking Bad or I want to see Kyle like Kyle did good in Halloween Kills, too. But I guess my question to you is, where do you think Kyle goes as an actor? And would she ever quit reality shows to completely focus on acting? Because it seems like that is actually a possibility for her, much more so than Lisa Rinna or any of the other Beverly Hills ladies. I don't think she should. I think that where she is right now in terms of like the project she's taking on as an actress, I think that this is where she's going to stay. I think she lucked out with Halloween Kills because she was cast in it as a child. If she wasn't, they wouldn't have brought her in for she's not going to show up in like the new Scream. Um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a real lucky break for Kyle and her <laughs> being abused as a child actor was a real lucky break. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but even <laughs> Kim is like a legit good actress. In uh, Black Snake Mound, she is icon. That is iconic mastery. Wait, of Kim. Acting. Kim is in the Samuel L. Jackson Justin Timberlake movie Black yes, Snake Mound. She's Christina Ricci's white trash mom, and she like argues with her in a grocery store. It's so why, good. Why? Why is nobody making memes of that? <laughs> I think it's a little too real. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's okay. nothing really funny about this. Scene. <laughs> yeah, I am giggling about it. But what if we all transition our accounts to serious memes? <laughs> yeah, I everybody's right. just everybody's silent thinking about it. Like, yeah, do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> should oh we? Though, <laughs> I think that Kyle's smart right now, and I can't believe another compliment for Doogie Richards. But <laughs> I think what she's doing is smart because I think that the housewives franchise is what affords her the ability to do something like this and have so many people tune in for her. So it makes her marketable. So I like, if I were her, if I were her agent, I would tell her absolutely keep doing the housewives and then do these little campy, silly, cute movies because she has enough skill set to be able to pull this off. And like, I will keep watching her. I would love to see her become like the cameras, Cameron Kim. What's her name on a Mannheim? You know, Candace Cameron on Hallmark. Like she does all those movies like every year. I would love to see Kyle become Peacock's version of that. Like we can have Housewives of the North Pole, Housewives of the Snow Castle, Housewives (laughs) of the Snow Globe. Like just make it a franchise. So it takes 11 seasons or so to get her here. If she does another 11 seasons, do you think we can get an Oscar for Kyle? Like, do you think it's, it's that? And by the way, here's the other question. Say you guys get Kyle on your show for some, you know, some weird reason she wants to talk about a Cinderella story. What are the questions you guys ask Kyle? You could say in regards to the movie, but maybe slip in a little Beverly Hills. What what would you want to know from Kyle? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. That's nothing. really good. Yeah. I know. We weren't prepared for this, Ryan. Um, no, well, on Know That, my other podcast, Quinn and I talked to What up, Quinn? If you're listening, I love I love Quinn. I, he's awesome. Hey, Quinn. Um, he's in the room with me. He's not. But we talked to other housewives about Ultimate Girls Trip, and we were, like, given specific instructions. We're not allowed to talk about their real seasons. So instead, we said, like, this happens on Girls Trip. Do you know anybody that does that? And then they would volunteer that information. Oh, so I think it would be a lot of doing that with Kyle, too. Like, but- yeah. Hillary so, Duff has a bitchy, bitchy stepmother. Yeah. Who do you know like that? <laughs> that's yeah. good. That's good. I love it. That's very good. I think also <laughs> the thing about I am the cute one is we kind of like catfish our guests. We've actually started adding a disclaimer in our like. You know, I was email. a guest, right? Like, wait, <laughs> but was we I were actually stuff? the most like honest with you of what to expect because yeah. we realized after last season was our first <laughs> season that we started having guests and we would have people on and be like, oh, we're going to talk about sleepovers or we're going to talk about fashion. And then, you know, Donnie and I are chaotic. And I mean, Donnie's stories in particular, like you never really know what dark alleyway you're going to be going down. And so I think I would just like really want to try to get Kyle to open up about like her childhood, but also just like, I want to hear what it's like as a Richard sister. Like I want to know funny stories from growing up with her sisters because I know that her childhood is like mega dark but also there has to be some I mean if your sisters are Kim and Kathy <laughs> there's some gold there somewhere in the childhood stories or I I would want I would just be like uh, I would like get really kind of quiet and, po- and posy and I'd be like look at me it's it's not your fault 
not your fault. It's not your fault. So I would just keep repeating it until I got some kind of reaction from her. And then if I could get her to cry or something, that would be amazing. And no cat, don't make it a joke. Don't make it a joke, Kyle. Don't make it a joke. It's not your fault. I want you to know. I think the reaction you would get from her is the zoom turning off. No, I say, Kyle, uh, I've heard a lot of your, Kyle, I've heard it from a lot of your friends that you do not like Lisa Rinna. Can you confirm or deny that? (laughs) Um, Okay. So, Donnie, if this was in the theaters and you saw it once, would you go, would this be any sort of high school musical for you where you'd see it 13 times? What, where do we give it in the Donnie multiple time viewing uh, category? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Um, And I, no, there's really no reason for it. Anyone (laughs) that watched this will agree with me. And if they don't, they're the problem here. Sorry as the person's listening to this as they're watching it for the fifth time they're like fuck you Donnie (laughs) Chelsea you didn't see a lot of movies during this time period because you were ADD in sports but if you sat down and watched this would you be able to watch the whole thing or would you be up like hunting a football or something I would probably be hunting a football. It was fine. It punting, was like, punting, not hunting. Oh, hunting. I, well, I was just going to go with <laughs> Using it. a sports I'm term a yes, called punting. I'm a yes and kind of girl, Ryan. Um, I I just have so many follow-up questions about the plot of this movie. Like, first of all, the Diana Forrester character, who is like, I guess she's like the horse girl's sad divorced cousin, like a reindeer woman, where she like exclusively paints reindeers. Are we led to believe that her paintings are good? Question mark. That's a huge thing because we see in the beginning or also like she's painting and the sun comes up and it's like, you're painting over dad because she <laughs> they got divorced. And she's like, yeah, he doesn't get to be in my paintings. But we see one of the worst paintings I've ever seen in my <laughs> yes. life. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, that's them. Like it really was where I was like, you should make the paintings look like she has some talent. It is kind of, it, well, that was actually kind of funny because the paintings we're kind of like where I'm like, oh my God, they've made this poor lady believe she can paint all her life, you know? <laughs> and then you see that she has an art studio, but she yeah. doesn't have an art studio where she's like selling other people's art. She's selling <laughs> her art, which is exclusively reindeer and very, very poorly painted people. She's the Banksy of the North Pole, Vermont. <laughs> like she's the, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you're right though. It was super weird that, and like, there's this whole other romance thing with her and like some hot dude that like, just, you know, he's just he, a reindeer man. He just strolls into town and he's like, Oh, I'm going to look, Oh, the reindeer, they're trapped behind a glacier. I'm going to see what I can do. And she's like, thank you because I miss the reindeer. And then it's kind and of I, animal I, abuse to like have them just parade down a city street <laughs> right. for like to impress really a girl. I really thought we were going to, uh, I thought he was going to be Santa at the end. That was the I only know. thing this movie was missing. Okay, there, I thought we were getting a Santa reveal. Donnie is so right. Like there, it, there was missing that kind of surprise where I was like, okay, but is there something more to the Housewives in the North Pole thing? Like, is there something more to this? Like, will there be a clever ending? And spoiler alert, there was not. <laughs> In any, yeah. unless it's happened after the credits but it just didn't seem to be and my other thought too is like the directors and writers they seem to be like brothers or family they all have the last same last name oh. 
So I was also wondering, were these people Housewives fans? Well, that was my question to you, because besides the title of the article being the Housewives of the North Pole, there is no Housewives connection, really. So do you think Betsy was cast first? And then they were like, oh, we can get Housewives fans if we do this. Now it's on Peacock. Or do you think Kyle was cast? first and they were like oh we need a real actress as well i think kyle was cast first and i think they because betsy definitely has a higher rate than kyle in terms of tv so like they had some money to get a good so i think it was somebody like who could play ball that could do like three weeks of shooting and i mean and by the way betsy so you didn't see like her going like another jack off scene that i'm doing like she really participated in like she, she I believe she kind of wanted to be there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like you can tell when actors yeah. don't want to be there, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> A part of me does wish it was another housewife, though. Like, I do think See? we need someone real to ground us, but uh, part Candace. of me wishes it was like, yes, I do think Candace would have been oh great. My God, Candace could, and then when they got into a fight with each other, uh, Kyle could have <laughs> bashed her head into a <laughs> table at a winery, and then... <laughs> I'll just, uh, everybody, everybody drag me, Trish. Drag yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Drag me. Drag <laughs> me. <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, and by the way, the show is called So Bad It's Good. And I, I, I'm not going to say this is even so bad it's good because so bad and like it makes like there's certain joyous elements that go wrong that bring joy to it. I feel like this conversation is is bringing more joy to it, but. To me, it was a very solitary, lonely experience watching the movie. It was very sad to me at times because I realized this is what I was doing with my life. But it didn't like have that thing of like, oh, my God, these the extra in the background doesn't know what he's doing. Like it didn't have those small elements mm. like it was very pieced together. Well, like it was a very complete product. It was almost like the production value was too high. Yes. Like it was om- it was almost like too well done because then it like takes it to a place where your mind starts to be like, wait, should I be treating this like it's a real movie? And then you, yes. of course, should not be. You should be treating mm-hmm. it like it's trash because it is. But it's like because it looked so good, part of me kept forgetting that it was supposed to be bad. I totally, yeah, I totally agree with like the things that I was like trying to notice, even like there's a scene where Kyle spit, like throws her iced coffee at Betsy. And like, when you get the close of a Betsy, it's like chunky and like oatmeal-y <laughs> down her face. And I was like, that's not a nice coffee. And that kind of made me giggle, <laughs> but I was like looking at even props and stuff. But then there was like, they have a really nice big tree in Kyle's house. And I was like, that's oh, a gorgeous. Really nice big tree like they spent money on that you know that you wouldn't see that in a lifetime movie you wouldn't you would see the same fucking gazebo in every Uh movie and yeah yeah, and i do think we've seen um betsy's art shop before in lifetime Mm. movies Um, probably yes and donnie you're right there was the missing element of santa claus because that's my favorite thing i love when like a jolly red-faced man comes into a coffee shop and is like oh your shoes are untied there and they like tie their shoe and they look up and he's just like disappeared i'm like it was santa we needed a santa we need or 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 you do the other way of like some kids like Sir, sir, your shoe's untied. And they do the shot of the boot. It's like a black Mm. boot. Yes. And then it's like, I guess I can't see over my belly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought, because Kyle Richard's husband was away on business, I thought he was going to be Santa. And his, well, when he wasn't being blown, I thought he was going to be Santa. I was like, oh, he's at the real North Pole. But now I think this actor just refused to be in scenes with Kyle besides that opening one. (laughs) 
No, I think it was like a cheap thing of like, can you do it in LA? We're in Vermont. Like, can you shoot this by yourself? You know, like the poor guys just act into like a green screen or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which by the way, I would kill to act in front of a green screen. Congratulations to all the actors that that are working. Johnny's in Uh, front of a green screen as we speak. Yeah, He's manifesting that that FaceTime. So as we move off that and into some general Bravo, as we start winding down, I guess as we move towards the end of the year, though, in terms of the Bravo sphere, where are you guys headed to in your own personal accounts? And where do you feel like the State of the Union with Bravo is as we close out 2021? I feel like the future of Bravo, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, is Peacock. Like, I talked so much shit about the Ragut, the real Housewives (laughs) girls trip. Housewives in the island, baby! (laughs) (laughs) I still will never get over the fact that some executive somewhere saw that hashtag and was like, yes, continue with Rugut. Like, no, it's awful. It was, an, do- it was an Italian man. Rugutta. <laughs> it was a Rugutta. But I talked so much shit. I was like, this is going to be terrible. I really do think these crossover shows with the only caveat being get Austin off my fucking screen. I don't need to see that man on any other franchise. But besides him, these crossover series are brilliant. I love that they're breaking the fourth wall. I love that they're bringing back the in the moment confessionals. I love that it's kind of like a wink and a nod to the OG reality watchers. Like as soon as Cynthia sat down in that first confessional in that house and looked into the camera and spoke to it, I was like, oh my God, I'm home. This is America's (laughs) Next Top Model. This is the real world. This is- And it it, it broke through the constructs that we're so used to, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, there's something so old school yet it brings us by but by just piecing new cast members with old cat like by piecing it all together that way it makes it all of a sudden fresh and new Mm -hmm. and the future and this Mm -hmm. is one of the only times that i've really passionately disagreed with andy cohen because he had that quote years ago of saying well that means we jumped the shark and i'm like no girl like you are here in the present because the whole 90 day universe got a jump on bravo when Mm -hmm. they shouldn't have and i feel like this gets us up to speed Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why you brought up 90 Day, but like even all those Viacom ones, like now we see cast members from like Big Brother, Survivor, The Amazing Race, and they all go on to the challenge. And I yeah. think I think Bravo leaning into that is the future of reality TV. Like your original show could be whatever, 12 seasons, but that's truly just your stepping stone in your uh, reality TV career. And now I would like Peacock and I guess they can do girls trip for a few more seasons before we go to this next level, but I would like some sort of competition show like housewives cooking against each other or housewives like mud wrestling, please. I want to see Lindsay Hubbard do the challenge, like a challenge adjacent show. We saw her tackle that man, we know that she did ROTC. Yeah. I want to see what Lindsay Hubbard could do. That was in a such a great moment of Summer House when she revealed yes. she was in the ROTC. And Nothing has to... made more sense in yes. my life. That was so. Then. That was such a great reveal. I mean, as we jump around real quickly, what did you guys think of the Summer House trailer? It looks great. It explosive. Yeah. I'm so excited. I wish that they weren't making it such a big deal of like, will they, won't they get married? It's like either keep everything off of social media, like before social media was a thing and surprise us and make us really wonder if Kyle and Amanda are going to get married 
or don't make that like a main plot point because especially when it has to do with marriage, it just makes me sad. Yes. I'm like, do you, like, do you want your marriage to now be known as the marriage that like almost didn't happen? Right. Cause I will say, I see that and I'm like, Oh fuck, they're not doing good at all. Like, I mean, right. like I see, and it looks really convincing and like, I'm like have a high bullshit meter, but I was like, that looks kind of real. And like, that would hurt me if I saw that, like, and then Kyle's 4 million in debt, which I guess that's business, but like, it's really, then you see on social media and how like much they love, and you, or you even see winter house of like, Oh, I lost you in the house. I was so <laughs> sad. I was so sad. And you're like, Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And then you see this and you're like, Oh my God, we're all just hanging by a thread in our relationships. Like, I feel like that's the other thing, like even with sex in the city with big dying, which now I guess it's warranted that he died. But like, um, in so many ways, it's so hard to see those things during the holidays, because even if you're not in a full blown relationship, you want to believe in relationships and you want to believe in the power of being alive and all these things. And I'm like, I don't want to see this shit. I want to see simple Kyle Richards and Betsy Brandt fight over a Christmas tree, you know? And I think that's why they give you both. Like, we are going to take you to some dark places, but we also have Kyle Richards on Peacock as well. (laughs) But by the way, I mean, nobody's done a bit. Nobody's, I mean, I would say in terms of acting, nobody's kind of had a year like Kyle where you go from Beverly Hills to Halloween Kills to the Housewives of the North Pole. That is called range. Like, honestly. It really is. And for she has a family. Yeah, yeah. She has yeah. a family. She's able to pay her bills, supposedly. She's not under and any Portia, kind of indictment. Did you see her daughter was in the movie? She was one of those Girl Scouts. Oh my God, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yes, she's so she was old. the one with the bob and the braces. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she had like a snarky little one-liner. I was like, oh, Portia. Which <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how I feel about that. There was another Girl Scout that was like clearly the bigger deal here. So Kyle didn't do enough, I think, with Porsche's contract. Oh, to give her like the main yeah Girl Scout troop terrorist. But I gotta <laughs> tell you, I think there was the Housewives cameos. I think they got a flight out, and I bet they got like two grand. Oh, yeah, I bet yeah. it, it was not like these things are so. Ch- I mean, I did. I was like a third lead on a Lifetime movie, and you get paid very. And these guys are names, but still you know, low budget is the name of the game of trying to get this like quick turnaround on these things. Oh, are you saying 2000 for a day is not a lot for them? I was like, oh my God, they had Lisa Barlow said her line wrong and she got $2,000. Sign me up. No, I mean, it's amazing (laughs) for people like us, but for people like them, I think, you you know, I mean, okay. So uh, what are you guys thinking of Salt Lake uh, this past week? Jen Shaw made her, I don't say triumphant return, <laughs> but uh, she made a return and Coach Shaw was praying over Popeye's biscuits. What did you guys think of this past week's Salt Lake City? And the Jen Shaw stuff up to this point. I think Salt Lake is doing it the way Beverly Hills wanted to, but is too nervous. Here she's Quinn. showing up at my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Erica's like, what did you say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> How dare you, bum? <laughs> Um, I think Salt Lake is doing it the way Beverly Hills wanted to. They're just too nervous to. Um, Wait, what, what do you it, mean the difference? What, 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 what is that difference for you? I think they're just holding her more accountable. Even the ones that aren't are still talking about it, where like everybody else whispered about it in Sutton's kitchen that one time and then denied it the rest of the season. And I, I just think Salt Lake is delivering in ways that nobody expected it to, but mm-hmm. I am glad. I am glad they are. 
I think that Beverly Hills is too curated and they've been playing the game for too Mm -hmm. long, but because Salt Lake city is so new, they don't, they think they're playing the game, but they don't even know. They haven't even like gotten in the real full game. I love the fact that they all think they're putting on like a Broadway play, but they're throwing like a high school production in the school gymnasium type of situation. (laughs) And I think that that really works for them because I think that they are like showing their authentic reactions because they haven't learned to hide that yet. And I think that's why it's translating. Like I totally, that scene of all of them trapped in a bus learning this information was like a case study in human emotions that Mm -hmm. every woman is reacting differently. And every woman's thinking the other women are reacting irrationally because they're reacting differently to this like chaotic, horrible, traumatic thing that they've learned. And Jen Shaw, like I expected her to play the victim. I expected her to be delusional. I just don't think I was fully prepared for the extent to which this woman is just so full of shit. I it's, it's awe inspiring, but not inspire. It's just, Right. There's something about it that makes me feel not even so gross, but just like it, it almost made me question at times, whereas like, it's like infomercials. Should this be on the air? Like, I mean, should we be giving any sort of commercial? Because you guys know as meme makers is that people, unfortunately, even if you make the joke as clear as a day, will still believe it. You know, we'll be like, wait a sec. What? Like, are you saying Sarah Jessica Parker's E.T.? Are you what are you saying? They don't they don't understand (laughs) sometimes what the joke you actually (laughs) meant is. So that scares me sometimes that like there might be people out there going, well, she said she didn't do it. That looks she said she looks like she's crying. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing too with me is I'm somebody that like I always want to believe for as snarky and bitchy as I am, I do always want to like believe the good in people. So I'm very easily manipulated, especially by Bravo editing. So I'm glad that the Bravo editors seem to be on our side of like reminding us with little flashbacks, like, no, she's full of shit. No, she's full of shit. Because if they weren't doing that, I think I (laughs) would start to be like, well, maybe she is innocent because I'm wrapping my brain around the fact like, Nobody could clearly lie like this if they were guilty of all of these things that they're saying she's guilty of. Like no sane person would go on a national television platform and boldface lie about this. But and I anybody like, that's a housewife is not a sane person to begin right, with. So right, that's right. already out the window, you know? Yeah. I just like, do you think she believes herself? Like, is it the George? See, I feel like, I feel like, like that's an easy way out for pe- people always go. I bet she just does it. I bet she's believing her own lies. People say that about OJ too. So you think too. she's just like Voldemort? Like you think she? <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. Lying. Believe me, but but even Voldemort probably had pals he loved to be around. You know, like he was a night like famously people, no Ryan. He was a lone wolf. You got well. They, I believe JK has a new series of like you're nice and friendly. J, no. um, there is a thing where like like I think Heather is like. Poor, by the way, I really appreciate how big of idiot she's making her friends look like. Like, and there, you know, it's like she's really letting her friends just she's hanging her friends but somebody or even Whitney said well she's just so when she's happy she's so fun to be around and I'm like I wait that's how we're judging humanity is like there's sometimes really they really light up a room sometimes and I feel like that's what Jen has gotten used to Jen you know like we all say like once she said internal bleeding we knew what kind of liar we were dealing with I here is somebody that's so quick on the lie very convincing. Her heart rate doesn't even go up, even when Homeland Security is involved. She makes up like, and the sad thing is now she's gotten her children involved. Like, yeah. it's all horribly sad when you bring children into it. 
but like, I'm sure she's nice and I'm sure she's fun as hell. I'm sure I would probably have fun with her. If I didn't know all of this other stuff. I probably have a blast with her, but she's gotten her wealth in like an ill gotten me. I mean, like yeah. she got caught. Yeah. Well, Donnie had fun with her when she came on his Instagram live <laughs> and said that CSI was her favorite Christmas movie. So. Okay, Do- Donnie, when was that live with Jen It was Shaw? like, actually, it was exactly a year ago from today. Okay. Today? Thank God. Because yeah. by, by the way, by the way, I saw that and I almost like, I was like, no, you interviewed her this week. Like, I was like, <laughs> imagine oh. I did. And I and just Donnie's face was all smiley. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you go, queen, get that money. Yeah. yeah. Like, What's imagine, your favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. Imagine What's I was your like, favorite I understand scam yeah. you've ever run on an old person. <laughs> I understand you can't talk about it at all. So we're just going to talk about Christmas, a holiday she doesn't even celebrate, but that's oh, fine. That you could use your, your Mrs. Claus likes questioning. to rob. Yeah. Who's your Claus favorite likes- criminal in real life? And home alone, they were burglars <laughs> and they stole, they stole things. Have you ever stolen anything? <laughs> if no you anybody? were to steal things, what do you think you would steal? <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, God. The thing also about Jen is just like when bringing it back to that internal bleeding lie, it makes me question everything because we see how calm and collected she was in that moment. So then I'm like, okay, when she's flying off the handle and not being able to control her emotions in season one, and she's throwing drinks and pointing fingers and screaming, was that all an act? Like if she has the capability of in this moment, keeping it calm and keeping it like her heart rate was not even up. Was that all bullshit then season one? I don't know if it was bullshit more or less, but it was, I think she knew she was there to create a job. So like if she was upset with whoever upset with Whitney, upset with Lisa, she knew like, Oh, I'm allowed to go off the leash. Whereas here, her main objective was to like get out of there immediately so she could literally be on flee the, the scene of the crime. I, I think yeah. it's all shades of the same like it's like this this kind of coin of like she has like she can go this way or she can go that way i can go really high stakes mm-hmm. or i can go really like normal but nobody's putting that together though of like well normal jen is like i'll freak out at a dime if that really was true about internal bleeding, we're not going to see high stakes, Jen, of like, I got to go. I got to go now. Like, why wouldn't we see high stakes, Jen? Right. Seem very calm, Jen, in the most serious of situations. Yeah, it's so wild. And then Heather and her like just being a sycophant to Jen is just so hard to watch. And I, I understand that she wanted people to be there for her when she was going through her divorce and her time of need. So she's kind of like overcorrecting and overcompensating. It's, it's totally different. And it's like, I on my Patreon this week, my sister-in-law said like, everybody makes the joke like, yeah, girl, I'd like bury a body for you, girl. Like, LOL. And <laughs> Heather's like showing up with a shovel. Like, where do I dig? And it's like, Jesus Christ. You're like, there, you, there is a line. It's okay to say, you know, fraud's kind of wrong. Right. Yeah, I mean, but by the way, like, it's okay to say when something's wrong. Like, I mean, like, also like standing by your friend is one thing, but I, I do believe there's like a, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a li- I don't know. I, I, and I, I haven't really fully stolen something yet. And so I'm leaving room to like, but like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, I feel like our, our morals are just getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And we can't even agree on what actually a crime is anymore. You know, yeah. like I, it's weird. I mean, we did the Erica Jane thing, which is still like, 
one of them, I guess a mystery. And by the way, that's another thing. that's so weird. You see him on the red carpet at the people's choice awards, which I guess was a super spreader event, but you see them and they're all like, and Erica's like out there. And I'm like, she's like, she thinks she survived it. Like, look at me I'm back. Erica Jan is back. <laughs> like she had her season. And now I think yeah. she's in a redemption season. Yeah. It's very weird because and I feel I think- like we didn't get closure. Right. And I think Bravo is going to give her the redemption season. Yeah. Oh, I That's definitely. The thing. I, like, I think that 100%. they, 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 you know, quote unquote, went hard on her. Andy, quote unquote, went there at the reunion. And now we're going to get this redemption season where we see like a softer, humbled mm-hmm. Erica Jane that's like starting from the ashes and rising like a phoenix. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I guess with her, it's a little different than if Jen were to get a redemption season because Jen's just going to jail, I think. Yeah. But yeah. because Erica was like tangentially, like it's like the what did she know? What was she involved right. with? With Jen, the difference is, is like she's the big baddie. Like <laughs> yeah. she's the one that's. That line, though, of like, this. I don't think I need a lawyer even because I didn't do anything wrong is like girl like i mean a cameraman should have dropped his camera at that point of like (laughs) come on like come (laughs) on like don't treat the i mean the audience i don't i think some of these housewives don't realize how sophisticated the audiences have gotten and it's like the more you dick with them the more they will hunt you down like I, not yeah. me personally. I don't have the wherewithal, but some of these accounts out there hunt a football. will, will yeah, hunt it. <laughs> well, they will dig. And like, there is a lot to dig with these people. And I feel like it can make a real difference in some of these people's cases, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to like what I always say of like, we watch dumb shows, but we're not dumb people. And I think that when the audience turns is when housewives or reality stars start to think that they are smarter than the people watching and that yeah. they can manipulate us because we always end up to quote Shannon Bedore. We all see the truth. We'll all see the truth, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, so, and by the way, what would you, how would you speculate of why would Shannon Bedore get seven vials of filler put into her <laughs> face? And then this week she's getting it out and they showed a photo of her at the reunion, which is like, yeah, you obviously did that. <laughs> My question to you guys is plastic shirt. I mean, do you, they just let anything happen? Like they're just like all cool with it. Like it just doesn't, it still doesn't. I know we talked about it. it just still, I it makes no sense to me. Is there no stopping point with plastic surgery where she's now paying to get it out and she paid to get it in? Yeah. I don't know. That is such a world that I'm not a part of. Like you could tell me. Sure, Donnie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the way, Donnie looks like a three-year-old right now. Like, <laughs> I've never been a part of that world. Yeah. No, that's my Meredith Marks filter. That's not, <laughs> that is not plastic surgery. No. So I truly know nothing about it. Like, I don't even know what surgeries you are allowed to reverse. Can you do anything with enough money? But yeah, I mean, like, but it's just weird. Like, wouldn't a doctor say you don't need seven vials? Like, right. that's what my question is. So they don't look out for you? <laughs> like, you know, like. Well, I hope that they ask Dr. Jen at the reunion that question. Mm. Like, would you ever do oh, something like yes. that? You know what I mean? Because Brilliant. there has to be something that's unethical about that at some point. There has to be like a, no, seven vials is too many. That's yeah. too many vials to go into one person's face. Please do not do that to your body. <laughs> Are you guys liking OC so far? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe I'm, again, I can't believe I'm saying this. I am very much enjoying OC and I truly thought it was like a dying franchise. And I'm also somebody that I don't typically like when housewives come back, but I think that Heather Debro's return was genius. 
And I like that Heather is, it's like, it's not like she is being celebrated, but I like that there's enough to dislike about Heather still, you know, like I like mm-hmm. that there's warts. I like that there's like, it's not perfect. You know, like she's using words like adjudicated. Like there's like, I like, I like that. It's like, she's not like the, the every man, you know? Yeah. Well, um, she's the perfect foil to the other women on the franchise. Like, I think her presence there is needed because she's still an asshole, but she's a different kind of asshole than the other women on the cast. And that's important to diversify why everyone's a terrible. It is and important. I think to bring it back to Beverly Hills, everything always does. And I think that is the kind of presence we need in Beverly Hills as well. Because I think Kyle is too comfortable being top dog for whatever reason. I think we need someone that's going to make her jealous and make her fearful that she could lose her like Bravo contract if she doesn't perform well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, are you guys still watching Vanderpump Rules? No. <laughs> wow and oh no bravo you're you're kind of friends with katie maloney and you're not even watching i it. know take this out ryan wow. yeah, I, it's one of those shows that like i work has been really crazy lately and it's one that i've let go it's just i fell it's, asleep during it the other night and fell asleep oh, for 30 minutes and i still have not gone back to watch the 30 minutes i, I fell asleep to. and i woke up to something like a very fake storyline of tom and tom breaking up and i was just like i and I don't want to even blame the show. Like maybe we all grow up, maybe we grow in, but like, I will say Real Housewives of Orange County last season, horrible. This season, good. This could be not good. Next season could be great. And I love Ariana. I love like, I love elements of it. I just, the other thing is, do you think we think more about production than production does? I think they should hire all of us. Well, no, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we look at every minute detail and sometimes it feels like they are just throwing whatever goes against the wall and not really thinking about long-term. I agree. And I also think, and not like what I'm about to reference is like high art, but um, the creators of Friends often say like, they would never do a reboot because it's about such a specific time in your life that like following up with them now is not the same show as what they gave us when it first came on. And I think that's where we are with Vanderpump Rules. Like housewives are still doing, they're they're older and they're richer or whatever, but they're still doing the same things they did their first season. Whereas Vanderpump Rules season one and Vanderpump Rules now, they are different people at different points in their lives. They're not even really wait staff anymore. Well, they shouldn't well, be. Think, you don't hang out with wait staff into your mm-hmm. 30s. Right. And 40s, yeah. You know? like, and I think they're still trying to package it as that kind of show. Whereas yeah. if they revamped it and maybe like made Tom and Tom the Vanderpumps of their own franchise or made whoever like the lead of another spinoff, I think we could go further with it. But to continue down this road, we're not going anywhere. Well, it's the whole idea of the fact that like Lisa Vanderpump is still like involved in these people's lives as like a mentor. It just like none of it makes sense. And I think the thing that was magic about Vanderpump Rules in the beginning was that it was so true. It was so speaking of like authenticity and not bullshitting viewers, like you could tell that these were all friends and this was an authentic friend group. And I think that juxtaposed to kind of our present day answer to that, which is Summer House, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the cast of Summer House are real friends. They hang out all year round. They're fighting all year round. We start a new season and it's talking about like like Lindsay and Carl hang out all the time. Like they live in the same building. Luke is there too. They're destroying their body, their livers for us, (laughs) you know? Right. So now to see like 
what Vanderpump has become. Like, I don't believe that they would all be in a group hanging out, going on vacation together. I don't mm-hmm. believe that Raquel would be in the same friend group as yeah, Katie it's and a, Tom. You know that like, it's a, it becomes obvious that it's a job. Yes, it becomes yes. obvious that like I have to hang out with this person because of it. Like Katie doesn't want to be there half the time. It seems like, and it's like no offense to Katie, but it just seems like yeah. Katie misses Stassi. Obviously, like her yeah. friend group is gone, which is normal. So it is that weird thing of like we all have those like office jobs that have like. These are the people I work with, I guess, but I didn't yeah. choose them, you know? And that's what happens on Housewives in down seasons. Cause of course there's going to be ups and downs to every franchise, but I would say the trend is on those down seasons. It's when the cast isn't, doesn't have that genuine connection and they're showing up to do a job and nobody wants mm-hmm. to go to work. Nobody is like, yay work. So I think when they're just treating their castmates as coworkers, that's where we get into trouble. And then Miami, are you going to mess with it on uh, Peacock? Yes, I'm yes. so I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited for it. First two episodes, so good. I really highly recommend it. Um, and you guys, thank you so much for hanging this long with us. Uh, I want to highlight the podcast, you guys, uh, like we do with any podcast. You probably already listen to them, but if you don't, go listen to them. They have a couple seasons already. This is a four episode series. Um, and uh, what can they do? And and by the way, I also want to say. Chelsea has her own O Bravo Patreon, of course. And and I know that what they're doing with Ultimate Girls Trip, you guys, they are getting some of the top tier housewives Hell to talk right. about Ultimate Girls Trip. So it is all part of kind of one uh, podcast family that I know. And I will say this is not patting my own back, but I will say, Donnie, I know a lot of people started listening to know that after they heard you uh, on, on this podcast because they messaged me about how much better your podcast is than my podcast <laughs> after they had started listening to your podcast. <laughs> so I hate to lose more of my audience, but go check out their podcast. I'm on one of the episodes uh, but how, how else can we help or what, what do we do? And by the way, should we be, do you want to keep doing this? Should we be pushing the dip to do this more or what, what are you guys feeling? No, we yeah, would so- love to do this forever. This is so <laughs> much fun. And Donnie and I have found our little like chaotic partnership here. It's so like, it's so fascinating that like this stupid app called Instagram has like brought all of us together this way, but it's changed it's, my life. It's yeah. Changed my life. For, I mean, for great ways yeah. and some bad ways too. Yeah. It's changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like Chelsea I, I said, ki- I killed a man in my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's how it changed it for the better. Yeah, yeah, the way, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Jen Shaw right now. I don't know. Why is this happening to me? <laughs> oh, sorry. Awkward pause. What were no. you going to say, Donnie? Oh, yeah. So, like Chelsea said, we thrive and we really enjoy talking shit on the things that we love so i'm glad that we found a platform to be able to talk shit not only on the things that we love but we really do have a love for each other and we talk shit on each other often on our podcast Mm -hmm. so so it's really just a lot of shit talking and so far it's only bothered one person to give us a one star (laughs) review that's very that's by the way you're really batting a thousand then because i have multiple people that hate my banter so that's really amazing yeah Um, it's um it's i can always tell when there's been a particularly like bad one where I've like bullied Donnie perhaps too much because I'll get a DM that's like is everything okay with you and Donnie and I'm like yeah no that's just kind of how we show each other love but don't yeah, tell I, them that Chelsea it can oh, be our Kyle and Amanda oh, wait, by the way I love that oh, it, yeah. it, I love that in actuality it's probably like cute bantering but I would love it if I tuned in and you were like hey fuck shut up Don- hey Donnie fuck you you pussy <laughs> 
You want to come at me, your Donnie? Your dad yeah. doesn't love you, Donnie. <laughs> like that. Hey, Donnie, your dad called. He hates you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but if you want to listen, Ryan's episode is number two out of three this this season, and we covered Freaky Friday. It was so fun. And the thing I like, not to now pat myself on the back and Donnie on the back, but it really is probably like 10% talking about the movie. And it's more so just like friends hanging out, talking shit and sharing stories. And I think that the beauty of all of us is that we're all just such weirdos. Mm -hmm. And we all have these embarrassing, cringeworthy stories from our childhood and teenage years that like, you just have to laugh at because if you don't laugh at it, you might just like die in a shame spiral. And it's like, there's so much humor there in like your most embarrassing moments. And I think that that's what this podcast does best is just like celebrating the fact that we are all so strange. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have said said it better. Like, I mean, to me, but that's, what's great about like, you know, where we've, I think all gotten is that you can have a plan of attack, but it always with good people, you can go anywhere like we did today. Like that's, you know, there was nothing really planned out here. We had like a little topic, but like when everybody can hold their weight, it's like kind of magical. I think that really is truly the magic of podcasting and the audience, you guys at home, you are included in that because the only reason we're able to be so comfortable is because we know actually people are listening and we know, honestly, like it, it really is very, um, it's just really cool because that is the element that makes it so fun because, you know, actually people are involved uh, and not just yeah. the three of us. So uh, so you guys know what to do. Go hit subscribe. Go rate it five stars before you even listen to it. It's the easiest, freest thing that you can do. Um, and if you don't like it, I mean, honestly, at this point, go find another podcast. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, you don't need to, like, say you don't like something. Just go find something else. It's really You know what? Easy. I'll do you one better. You can give us five stars, and then you can say whatever you want about me. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to even say ignore that. I'll say just go <laughs> find another podcast. Don't, don't say whatever you want about Donnie. Give us five stars yeah, and bully yeah. Donnie, but please okay. don't say yeah. anything mean to me. I have incredibly thin skin. Yeah. I'm working on it. Give five stars and I'll tell you what, you can come kill me. You can come <laughs> kill me. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you guys, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. This was amazing. And, and hopefully you guys will be continuing this so you can come back on together and separately, you know? Yeah, thank we you so much for having to. us. Yeah, thank you. Bye. 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 Five, four, three. Betches.